Hello guys and welcome back to Fitcast. It has been a hot minute, I do apologise. Um, I was actually very on the podcast for a bit, but it is very busy show season. Um, if you guys follow me on Instagram, you know that after the last one, I was really ill for a while. Um, and I tonsillitis, completely lost my voice. And I was like, great, that's three weeks out of podcast. And then it got busy. But I'm back um, I've actually woke up today feeling a little bit sore throaty, um, but my voice hasn't gone yet, so I was like, right, I need to record this podcast today, because if my voice goes tomorrow, it's going to be even longer till you get guys get to hear me again. So, yeah, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about that kind of bit between shows, so you've done your first show of your season, you may be doing like three or four shows, or basically any more than one and that kind of bit between shows that everyone struggles with so I'm going to talk a little bit about that to you guys and we're also going to talk a little bit about looking into 2024 because I have been to Sainsbury's the mince pies are on the shelf so apparently (laughs) it's nearly Christmas basically um so that does mean we kind of want to be looking at okay what are we going to do next year so, we're going to go to the between the shows bit first. We're going to talk a bit about that. Um, obviously, it's just me on here today. Um, but I do have some exciting guests lined up to bring you guys soon as well. So, bit between the shows. You've done your first show. You've come off stage. Now, sometimes your coach will say to you, yep, have a meal off plan. Sometimes they're going to say, no meals off plan. Now, this is going to be completely client dependent and I would not let it get in your head now hopefully your coach says to you beforehand yep we can have a meal off plan or no we can't um but really with this I find that post-show it's like this thing that you've got to come off stage you've got to fill yourself with a massive cookie dealer or you know then big cookie box slab pizza pie things and then you've got to go out for a meal and you've basically got to stuff your face with as much food as possible post-show. Now sometimes that's absolutely fine you might have two or three weeks between shows you might actually need some food you might need to refuel yourself you might need to come in softer for your next show even. However sometimes like that's really not going to be the case and you need to come in tight for the next show. You might be competing literally the week after. I've had clients that have done it and I've said to them look nothing off plan straight back on plan after the show or straight back on pro fats after the show and it can feel a little bit like oh but I thought that's what you do and one of the things I want to remind you all here is none of you are dogs. If you are dogs, you are competing in a dog show and you can eat treats in the whole time. But you are not dogs. We do not reward ourselves with food. We've rewarded ourselves with a trophy and hopefully we're going to then go and reward ourselves with another trophy in the next show. Or maybe you didn't get a trophy in the first show and you're heading on to the next show and you're going to reward yourself with a trophy on that one or a better look or a better package or whatever. So we need to come away from this thought process of you come off stage, you have a cookie. Like, what, like, let's all take a step back a minute. Why do we need to do that? We don't. 
competing isn't so you can have a massive cookie at the end of it. If competing was just about having a massive cookie at the end of it, none of us would compete. We'd just eat massive fucking cookies all the time and probably be quite fat. But if that's what competing is to you, I would probably reevaluate why you're doing this, to be honest. So I think a lot of it is, I feel I've gone very off track here, but coming off stage, it's accepting that sometimes you're not going to be able to go for that off-plan meal. And that is okay, because the food is always going to be there. The food is always, you know, there'll be another show where you can go and have an off-plan meal. And it's, although it seems like this norm, that that's what you do, it does not have to be the norm if it doesn't work for you. If you're someone that holds a loads of water post-show, if you eat a cookie, I probably wouldn't do that if you've got a show the next weekend. So yeah, think about that, think about off-plan meals, things like that. If you can have an off-plan meal, enjoy it. Enjoy it with friends, enjoy it with family. Try not to let yourself go to the point where you feel like you're going to throw up, but sometimes people do, and like that's okay. But try not to. Um, then it's kind of, I feel like the day after, it's always okay, because you've had your off-plan meal, if you've had one. Um, if you haven't, you're just straight back on peak week anyway. But if you've got like two, three weeks between shows, you've kind of got this lull where it's like, okay, I'm still digging, but I'm not really digging for any more condition perhaps. Or like you're just sat there in limbo and it's really, really hard. And I think this is one of the things people now are talking about post-show, right? People are talking about the hardness of post-show and how it's difficult, but people aren't talking about this bit in between shows where it's difficult. What I would do is I would think about that first show you've done and I would be like okay what went well right what went well okay that was great that was great that was great okay what can I improve on for next time take your feedback go and speak to the judges at the end speak to your coach find out every little thing that you can improve and then like focus on that if the judges say okay we want you slightly sharper have that in your head that you need to be digging to bring more sharpness. You need to bring more condition. So get on that Stairmaster, fucking go for it. Like you would have been doing the rest of your prep, go for it again. Focus on bringing that condition in your head, more condition, more condition, more condition. Look at your posing. Was there something in your posing where you look back at your stage photos, you look back at your stage videos, and you go, mm, that bit of my posing wasn't quite right. Okay, let's 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 fix that. Maybe when I was walking, like, I just wasn't quite looking very comfortable on my heels. Let's just practice walking. Let's practice that transition where you kind of didn't feel quite so balanced or didn't quite look right. Or is there a different pose that we could hit from the front or from the side that might complement your physique a bit better? When you look at yourself in that lineup of the other girls, like, did that girl have you in the side pose? Yeah. Okay, why? Why did she have you in that side pose? Is there something you could do to tweak your posing that would bring you up better in that pose? looking at that the other thing that you can look at as well um is like your overall look so this is something that so I would be focusing on as many things that I could change between shows you can't add muscle between like you know in two weeks you, you just can't do that but what you can do is you can bring more condition you can bring better posing and you can bring an improved stage look so that is things like your skin prep did you actually skin prep really well did your tan sit nicely on your skin can you improve that going into your next show? Your bikini um, with choice of heels and jewellery. Did that all complement your physique? Did you find 
when you flick your hair, you were catching your your jewelry. Your jewelry maybe was sitting on your shoulder. Maybe it wasn't. It was a little bit too long. It didn't quite go with your hair. Your hair didn't quite go with your bikini. It was still your head in because it was down, or maybe you prefer it being up. Look at all those little things as well, and how can we tweak that look? Now, if you look at your even your bikini, right? I know we spend like hundreds of pounds on them. Maybe you look at your bikini on the stage and you're like, oh, I really like it, but I think I want to try a different look. There are so many places you can get rentals from. Georgia Rose does great rentals and I would really, really recommend it. So if you think I just want to try a different look, I just think that maybe it just wasn't quite right for the stage, try a different look. Rent a bikini, try a different hairstyle, try different jewellery. These are all things that you can tweak to bring just like a different look to stage. Maybe you'll feel more confident. Maybe you'll just look more sleek for it as well um and I definitely recommend that and playing around with that and just it's just having that kind of motivation how like you know that is going to affect your placing so little but having that motivation to be looking at that and be looking into that to kind of keep you moving forward is such a positive and I think it's really really underestimated Another thing you want to be thinking of when it's in terms of that kind of overall look is getting your tan off from uh, the show before. Some tans are fairly easy to come off. Um, I find pro tans actually all right. If you compete with NFM and you use show tan who uses black magic or anyone else that uses black magic or something, their tan, personally, I feel it looks the best on stage. However it does not want to come off for love nor money. However, I have a hack for you and you have he heard it here first. So one of my girls competed at NFM, um, not the weekend, just gone the weekend before. Her tan was not coming off. It was patchy as hell. It looked horrendous. And then obviously when she's competing this weekend, putting tan over the top of that, her tan on stage would then be patchy and horrendous. So she has used, get your pens and papers out right now, pause this, get it on your notes file. Rose and Caramel Tan Remover. Rose and Caramel Tan Remover. And I swear to you, it has brought that tan off. Like, every single inch of it is off. So, I mean, I would share with you guys the before and after pictures. Um, but we're on a podcast, so I can't do that. But really, really good. Cannot recommend that enough. Like, literally cannot. Um, so get that get that in your basket right now, get it brought, it's there, ready for post-show. The other thing I'd really recommend between shows with tan and stuff is E45 cream. Now, I literally will put it on morning and night, my E45 cream. So if I have a shower in the morning, I put it on. Um, and then before I go to bed, I'll put it on again. If you're someone that has two showers a day, put it on after your showers. I mean, we're very sweaty in prep, aren't we? Cardio and training is a, it's a, just a sweaty combination. So I would just get on E45 cream loads with the tan as well. That's going to help stop it going patchy. Um, a very light exfoliator as well. But yeah, that tan remover seriously, seriously works. Like, I've never seen anything as good as that in my life. So I would get that. Um, but yeah, just getting your tan off um, so your skin is nice and clear. You've got a nice, clear, like, base to work from again when you're getting your tan on. So another little thing to focus on, and it's these little things to focus on that are really going to help you get through this kind of lull. The next thing I want to talk about is gratitude journals. So I personally use these massively in prep. I've got clients that use these on prep, and I think these help between shows as well. So... 
everyone is going to do journaling differently. Um, now, whether you believe in manifesting or not, it worked for me. Um, but I think that just having those goals, writing them down, it does help with your kind of focus and everything. So the way I do gratitude journals with myself and with clients, um, it's really a mindset thing. Now, some people do them all year round. I just do them in prep because like that's when I'm like really, really focused. Maybe I should do them all year round. I probably should. Um, but the way I do it is I go to a stationery shop, even Asda, Asda has really nice notebooks, but get a notebook, get a notebook that you love with a picture of something on it that you love or a quote on it that you love, whatever works for you. Um, a really nice notebook and a really nice pen as well. So this, these two things want to be something that's really special and it's that you, this pen you are only going to use to write in your journal, um, and your journal you only use that notebook you only use for, for that journal. That creates it very special. And you don't let anyone else read it. This is very, very personal to you. When me and Joe have used them before, we have got like an unwritten rule that like everything else in our life we share. But those two journals are ours, they're special, and we don't read each other's. So if you're doing it with a partner, like just say to them, look, this is really special to me and I, I don't want you to read it because it's certainly, it's just very personal. And it keeps that kind of special element of it. And the other rule with them is that you don't lie to your journal. So whatever is going on, whatever happened that day, whatever, you do not lie to your journal. So you're going to write down three things that you're grateful for that day. So that could be something really, really simple. Like, um, I'll give you some examples of when um, I did mine in my 2021 prep. So where I was living, the drive to work in the morning, I used to start work at quarter past six in the morning, it was ridiculous. But the drive to work, I'd get the sunrise sometimes and it was so beautiful. So I would put in there like the sunrise. I would have my nephew wake up with me some mornings and talk to me about his tractor. And I'd put that in there because that was great. I have no idea what he needed from his tractor. Apparently it was always broken and needed a new engine or something. But to have that little morning conversation with him of so much, you know, sweet innocence was wonderful. And that was something I was always grateful for. It could be that you're grateful for your pet, your family. Um, uh, you know, um... I don't know what, what, your coach, but whatever you feel grateful for that day that's, that's just passed, you're going to pop that in your journal. You're then going to put in three um, things that you want to manifest. So that could be, for example, winning an overall at a certain show. Um, it could be um, that you, something to do with your business, you know, you might want, say for example, I might put uh, my coaching business to take off more or my, I want to start, I want to start coaching, so all of those things that you could put on there, um, how it would feel, the next ones that you're going to put down, is how it if, would feel if you kind of reached those goals, if those things happen, how would you feel, would you feel grateful, would you feel um, happy, would you feel proud, like all of those things that you might feel, you're going to put them in there, you're then going to put in three things that went well that day, so it could be hit all my steps, um, drank on my water, um, did my training, got a PB in this, like whatever it might be, three things that went really well that day. You're then going to do three things that you can improve on for today. So it could be that you're a little bit shy on your steps. So I could improve my step count. I could improve um, this. I can improve sticking to my food plan. And that's where you don't lie to your journal. So you tell your journal 
if you messed up that day on something. Um, and then three things that you want to hope to achieve the next day. So that might be then, okay, well, I didn't, I was 500 steps short today. So tomorrow I'm going to hit that. So I'm going to put that in my journal that I'm going to hit my steps tomorrow. Um, I'm going to put it in my journal that I'm going to stick to my food plan tomorrow. I'm going to put it in my journal, whatever. Um, so you pop that in there as well. I think that's all of them. Um, but I found that really, really helped me um, to kind of be honest and be honest with myself. And if I thought like, oh, I really want that pizza or something, right? And then I'd say to myself, well, do I really want to be writing in my journal that I ate pizza today? No, I don't. So I'm not going to eat it. And like that for me really, really helped. So that's something else that you guys could use and see if that works for you. Um, the next thing is food focus. So if you're someone that between shows, and it is hard, is getting really, really extreme food focus, some of the biggest things that I can say is don't interact with food stuff on your Instagram. Don't like things, don't enter giveaways, mute them or unfollow them. Like, I don't follow many food pages. Um, the food pages I do follow are companies that are friends of mine. Um, so I want to support them. But it may be that in prep, I really want to support these companies. Um, like I get stuff from Cookie Dealer, for example, for, um, you know, when I sponsored the GPO show, they had Cookie Dealers in there with my logo on and they were brilliant. But, and I want to support them because I think they're a great business, they're a great brand, all of that. However, in prep, I would not want to see cookie pictures all over my Instagram feed. I don't want to see that every day. So what I can do is I can just mute them. So I'm still following them, I'm still supporting them, but I'm just choosing to mute them. So I don't have to see pictures of cookies all the time. And you can do that. And, you know, the guys at Cookie Dealer, the guys at Cookie Box, all of that, Cakes of Daisy, they'll be absolutely fine with that. They'll be like, yeah, it's cool, man. Like, you do you. It's fine. Like... It, you know, it's it's one of the ways you can help. Um, I also personally don't buy anything to go in the freezer. Um, I know some people do and they're okay with that. Um, and they buy loads of cookies and stuff to fill up their freezer. Personally, I don't like to do that. Um, I find that that like kind of feeds into that food focus for me. Um, so I don't buy anything um, at all for post-show. There are always going to be stands at shows that are selling cookies, that are selling brownies, that are selling all those things. There are always going to be restaurants nearby as well that you can sit down in and read a menu. We don't need to plan what you're having in what restaurant and what burger you're having, you know, at eight weeks out, you know, because sometimes actually you do a show and you finish and actually the restaurant, I've had it before, the restaurant that we planned to go to was actually closed by the time that the show had finished, so we end up going Frankie and Benny's, it was the only place it was open. The menu was there. I didn't need to order six weeks in advance. The menu was there, fine, lovely. If you know your show's finishing early, book a table by all means somewhere. Um, but try not to focus about what food they've got going. If it looks good, that's cool, just book it. Ask someone that you trust to book you somewhere nice, if, if that's kind of the way you want to go. But I find, personally, that really, really helps with food focus. Um... Because there are going to be times where there is going to be food around. You might, um, I remember where I used to work, there would be people that would bring in like big boxes of chocolates and donuts for birthdays or we'd just have customers come in and like 
dump loads of chocolates on the desk and what have you. And yeah, like it's one of those things and it happens. So that's going to be around you and that you can't control. You know, there's some places where offices, they'll bring a cake tray around every Wednesday, right? That you're not going to be able to control. But what you can control, things like what's in your freezer, what you're looking at on social media, all of those things, control them. Um, Yeah, I think that's pretty much everything on my between show bit. Is, well, all the notes that I've written down is... And a lot of those as well will help you in prep. So food folks, for example, will help you in prep. Skin prep helps you before your first show. Like, get on top of your skin prep, guys. Um, But, yeah, it's just reminding yourself as well that, like, whatever happened that first show, like, we can always, always, always improve. Even if you went into that first show, you won your overall, you were the best on the day, fantastic. But, and I say this all the time, everyone can be beaten so you can go in that show and you can win it you can go to the next show and there might be someone better than you so are you going to risk messing up on your diet not doing your cardio all of that or are you going to keep focused keep chasing it and win the next show as well because I find it harder when you do well to be honest because when you do well it's like okay what have I got to change? There's less to change. Where you've got more to dig, I find it easier. Personally, I know other people are completely different. But that's how I look at it. That's your between shows bits. If anyone wants me to talk about anything else between shows or go any further into this, please let me know. But I know there was a few people that spoke to me about um, this is where they struggle. The next thing I'm going to talk about, because I did put a question box up on my story the other day, and I did get a few questions about this, is looking into 2024. So, although 2024 seems like bloody ages away, like I said, the mince pies are on the shelf, guys. It's nearly bloody Christmas. Um, Looking into 2024 and planning what kind of things you want to do, you're not going to be able to plan everything to a T now. However... There are certain things that we can plan ahead for. For example, the cost. Competing is bloody expensive. And there's no getting away with that. It's it's expensive. So what you can start doing now is just saving. If you know that next year you are going to compete, whether that is the beginning of the year, whether that is the end of the year, start putting some money aside now. So start putting 50 100 whatever you can afford just put some money aside every month so that you know you've got your little competing budget pot there so you can buy your bikini you can buy your heels you can pay for your posing sessions you can pay for your show entry your tan your photography your makeup your hair all of those things you've got that money put aside ready to do it because you've got to think as well if you're traveling for shows which most people are you're going to have to book hotels and stuff as well so put that little pot aside now ready for 2024 the other thing i would say in money wise is black friday i'm saying it's like just around the corner but it's it's not that close but Black Friday, you will get a lot of really good deals. So if you know you want to compete in 2024, 
I would start thinking, this sounds mad, but I honestly would start thinking about bikinis now. So I've spoken about this before, but like that bikini mood board. So saving, follow everyone that makes bikinis, right? Save all the ones that you like and that will create a mood board for you on your Instagram. Use that then to desi design your bikini. Talk to your coach about it. Um, a lot of coaches um, have a good idea of what looks good. So with my clients, they will come to me and they'll say to me like, right, Molly, I think I want, for example, a blue bikini. And I'll be like, yep, that will look great. I think these colours will look good. Um, and then I talk about the cut for them. And I'm like, okay, the way your physique is, you are going to need a cut like this. The shows you want to go into, you will need a cut like this. You will need connectors like this. Now, I'm not going to tell them exactly what to order because it's up to them. What they feel comfortable in, you know, uh, what they like. But I will give them some pointers into what's probably going to look best on their physique. For example, if you've got a five foot nothing bikini girl who's quite petite, they're not going to want like massive four row connectors because it's going to drown them. They are going to want like a one row connector, maybe a two row connector, which is very petite. And then that's going to add to their physique and not distract from it. Um, so it's little things like that. Then obviously finding the cuts that are going to work best on their physique as well. And the bikini makers as well, like most of them are really good and they'll do consult calls with you as well. Um, but it's all just finding what's like, what's going to look best, but start thinking about colors, cuts, um, connectors, things like that now. So you know what you want and talk to your coach about it. Talk to other people about it. Um, I had someone come up to me and she was like, I think I want this color. And I was like, if I'm really honest with you, like, I don't think that's going to suit your skin tone. Um, and we've decided on a different colour now. So talk to people that will be honest with you as well. If you need to message me, like, I literally am, like, the most honest person out there. I will tell you if I think it's going to look horrendous. So talk to someone about it. Be like, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? What colours do you normally wear as well? But yeah, start thinking about your bikini. Buy it in Black Friday. Your bikini is going to be one of the most expensive things that you will buy However, you can save quite a bit of money in Black Friday. You don't need to give the measurements for Black Friday. All you have to do is pay the deposit and tell them what bikini you want. Easy. So get ready for Black Friday, save up, have that deposit ready. Once you've got your bikini, you can then go onto things like jewellery, um, shoes. You can kind of, like, you need to build that onto the bikini um, and then shows and stuff. The other thing that I would do, especially if you're looking to compete early 2024, is I would get to some shows this year. So if you're thinking you've never competed before, you're a first timer, or what feds do I want to do? Wow, I think maybe I might do NFM, or maybe I might do PCA, or then I've seen this and I'm not really sure. Go to some shows. Get a vibe for it. Like, do you like the vibe of PCA, right? Do you like the fact that they've got a pose down with all that music? Is that cool with you or actually is that posed down a little bit scary and you don't feel that for your first show that's going to be quite right? Awesome. Go to a show that doesn't do a pose down. Go to effects. Go to an NFM that don't do a pose down um, and then just see how you get on with it. Go and watch them and just, like I said, just get a vibe. Are the staff that work there friendly? Do you feel welcome um, in that venue? Even as a spectator, I would want to feel welcome at a show. Like, that is how I feel. Do the people seem friendly? What's the athletes are thinking? You know, go to that show and talk to the athletes. How have they found their day? You know, you'd always see it being posted about that everyone's had a great day. But actually see the athletes. Do they look happy? Do they look like they're having fun? Um, and like I said, just see what works best for you. Now, 
in terms of calendars, calendars tend to be re- released around October time, end of October after finals. Um, because obviously PCA got their finals in October, um, Fitex is October, NFM have their, got their Euros October as well. So all of their finals in October, so it tends to be after finals, they'll, re- they'll release their calendar. So have an idea of what kind of feds that you like and then look at the calendars once they're released. Now, here's an industry secret for you. They're always pretty much the same every year. So if you're thinking, for example, and I know the PCA Southwest, for example, um, I've done it, I've got clients that have done it. It's always the end of April. I've got clients that are doing it next year. It will be the end of April. Like I can pretty much tell you what weekend it's going to be without them releasing the calendar because it's pretty much there or thereabouts the same every year. The Federation show up, they do the show, they say to the venue, that was great, thanks very much, same again next year, yep, ideal, booked in. So there will obviously be anonymous, anonymous, can't say it, there, um, where venues have said, oh, actually, we've already got something booked there for next year, or, you know, as a Federation, they've tried out a new venue, they've gone there and they've gone, actually, this venue really doesn't work for us. Um, You know, backstage was really small or... You know, it was just difficult. People didn't quite like it. The lighting was a bit crap, whatever it might be. And they'll kind of go, okay, like we're not going to go there again next year. So that might obviously then differ the dates, things like that. But nine times out of 10, you are going to find that it's going to be the same every year. Um. So yeah, look at timings of shows. So what is going to work best on your calendar? You need to look at your social life. So big events that are going on. Is it, for example, a big birthday of yours and you don't really want to be in prep for that because actually you want to go away for your 30th or your 40th or your 50th, whatever, how old you are. Is it that actually you you want to go away on holiday for that birthday you don't want to be in prep for it? Okay, well, you need to work out how you're not going to be in prep for it then, don't you? Is it that, for example, I have got three weddings at the beginning of next year three Hindus, all within three months of each other. Would it be wise then for me to prep the beginning of next year? Absolutely not. And my friends would probably kill me if I was on prep for their wedding. And that'd be the same in the back end of the year. Have you got friends that get married at the back end of the year? Have you got a big family holiday planned? Have you got kids that are off school and you think actually prepping over the summer holidays would be horrendous and you don't want to do it because kids can be a nightmare in the summer holidays? Ask yourself all these questions and then you can kind of come up with a bit more of a plan. So I know I can look at my my social calendar next year. I've not got any holidays booked yet, but I do know I've got three weddings, three Hindus, March, April, May, June time. Sorry, it is over four months because Hindus as well. So therefore, I'm not going to prep then. I'm not going to compete then. I'm going to compete the back end of the year because that makes sense on my social calendar. So look at your social calendar, work out the times that work good for you. And then you've got your kind of feds, you've got your timings, and then it's just looking at kind of locations and stuff where you feel you want to go. Um, The next thing, if you're looking to compete in 2024, is having a coach. So do you already have a coach? Fantastic. How are you getting on with that coach? Is it working well? Have they prepped people before? Or are they just a PT that's been coaching you for a while? Do you think maybe you need to try a prep coach? Um, If you don't have a coach, okay, now is the time to get one. Um, 
it takes a while for a coach to get used to your body, to understand you and understand how you work. Every single client that I coach, I coach differently because no one is the same. Some of them you have to be a little bit softer with. Some of them need a little bit more kind of harsh, not harsh, but like direct. You have to speak to them a bit more direct. Um, and they've got to understand your body. I know I've got certain clients that when they, you know, look at their cycle, when they ovulate, they hold water. When they come, well, just before they come on their cycle, they hold loads of water. If I know that in an off season, when it comes to prep, that's going to be so much easier because I'm not going to be like, holy shit, they're holding loads, like, you know, their weight's just jumped up. Like, I can see that's ovulating, but is that normal for them to jump up that much just because they're ovulating? Because some people might jump up like 0.2, others can jump up a kilogram when they're ovulating. So it's learning your body, learning what works well for you, what food choices work well for you, what exercise selection works well for you. But also bringing up weak parts. If you've got a coach that understands the criteria very well, so for example, that's why I only coach females and I only coach female bikini and figure girls because I know those criteria very, very well. I judge so you could argue that I understand the criteria of all classes very well, but I think bikini and figure is is where I kind of sit best coaching-wise. So it's finding a coach that understands the, the criteria that you want to go into. Um, and when they understand that criteria, they'll be able to look at your physique and they'll be able to go, okay, you need to be in this class, you need to be in this class. Or, okay, I actually think that you need to grow a certain area of your body to be able to be competitive in 2024. It might be that your delts are a little bit lagging and we need to kind of program in a little bit more delt work just to bring those up and to in line to match with your legs. Or it might be vice versa, you don't know. You might have a, but a good coach will see that and they'll bring you up so you're nice and balanced because as much as I bang on about it, that's the thing that you're going to be judged on most is balance. So bring your nice balanced physique. Um, that's kind of the main reasons why I'd be looking at a coach now. And I think as well, you need to be able to know if you can work with them. Um, because as great as a coach might look on Instagram, does that actually mean they are great in real life? So you can join a coach and on Instagram they look fantastic and when you have a consult call with them, everything goes really well. You join them and you just don't get on. You butt heads, you don't agree with um, some of the things they're asking you to do. Um, you just don't feel comfortable with them. It just doesn't flow. Like there can be all of those things. If you start with that coach just before you start prep, you're then going to be like getting down the line and you're in prep and you're going to have to try and find a new coach whilst in prep to save your prep because you're not happy with how things are going. And some coaches out there, you know, I hate to say it, but are fucking dangerous, man, and shouldn't be allowed to coach. And if your coach is like that, you then got to find a new coach to not only help you prep, but also to kind of get you out of kind of this danger zone that you might be in. So start with a coach early, See if you like them. If you don't like them, that gives you the time to leave and find someone that you get on better with as well. Um, the next thing, kind of on the same lines, is posing. So if you think, I want to step on stage, even if you're not 100% sure that you want to step on stage, but you think maybe you might, start posing. And I say this again and again and again, and you're all probably sick of me saying it. 
but you can really tell when you're judging when you see someone that is has just bought their heels like two weeks ago and hasn't really practiced posing before and all of that and you can see when you've got people that have been posing for like a year or two so I've got people that are competing end of next year that have already been with me for a year so I'll have been coaching them for two years and they will have been posing for two years by the time they step on stage and you'll be able to tell because they will pose so beautifully and so fluidly um and it's so 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 important um posing is so much harder than it looks and I've had so many girls come to me and they're like okay I'm competing in like four weeks two weeks I've had before and I'm like okay how much posing have you done oh I've not actually done posing before and you're like okay great I can get them to a point where they can pose on stage. Are they realistically, though, showing their posing to the best of their ability and showing their physique to the best of their ability? No. Because in two weeks, I'm not a miracle worker and I cannot get you posing um, fluidly, everything perfect in that short space of time. So get posing, get used to it, get it second nature because when you stand on stage, sometimes it's very... um, like the nerves can get to you and you just forget what you're doing and obviously we don't want that we want to just get on stage hit your poses everything second nature awesome win a medal jobs are good in. um so yeah get posing now if you're thinking of competing in 2024 get a coach now and get saving like those are my three biggest tips for you um so yeah i think that's kind of all my tips and tricks for today um we'll do a quick catch up of how we are getting on as a team as well um for you guys that are interested um if you don't follow me on instagram go over to instagram it's molly jane underscore bikini um and you will see um the team on there and how they've been getting on um and also on youtube as well i've got my camera out laz bless him has been on the phone to me a lot yesterday um trying to redo youtube so i know i came on here before and i was like i'm on youtube i paid for a videographer to come to the shows but i actually want to get out content more regularly so i've got myself a camera um and i'm filming it obviously myself or joe's filming bits for me um or it's on a tripod filming bits you know all that fun stuff um but it is on youtube um and i think i've done an all right job um so head over there and have a look. Um, but yeah, as a team, kind of what's going on at the moment is obviously we had a bit of a lull, um, like everyone does the middle of the year. There's not so many shows on. Um, obviously, I had quite a few compete at the beginning of the year and then I've got a few compete at the end of the year as well. So Holly's competed twice now. So she did the Fitex Wales and the NFM UK Wales. Fitex Wales, Wales as well, guys. If none of you have competed in Wales before, Wales always brings like such a high standard of competitor um so it's really lovely to go to to watch and it's really lovely to see one of my competitors play so well um in such strong lineups as well so that was really cool um so she did Fitex Wales she did the first time as bikini and came away with a second place there and then she went into open and she came away with a third place in open as well so absolutely fantastic day um then we did NFM Wales which is on YouTube and she did beginners where she came away with a second there and then the open class where she came away with a third and yeah just absolutely fantastic lineups and absolutely fantastic results from Holly as well like 
could not be happier with um, with that for her first ever competitive season. Um, to walk away with four top three placings is is absolutely incredible. Um, we're actually going to gain um, this week. Her season's definitely far from over. Um, we're going to go again this week on Sunday uh, at UKDFBA, um, which is a natural show. It's the first time I've put someone in UKDFBA. I've obviously never competed in UKDFBA, but I have heard good things. Um, it is a late show, though. That's the only thing that I'm a bit like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Um, Holly's looking to be on stage about half eight, nine o'clock at night, so it's going to be late. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, so we're going to see how she gets on there, obviously in a completely natural lineup as well. Um, obviously other two shows being, being untested. Um, so yeah, very excited to see how we get on, um, on Sunday and obviously I will keep you guys updated. Um, and then the week after that, Holly is going again in Futex Birmingham and Shannon is also jumping on stage for the first time. She will be doing, uh, the figure class in that. And yeah, again, she's looking absolutely awesome, just stacked of muscle. So very, very excited to see how she can do um, in that one. And then she's going again a bit later on um, at NFMs. And then I've got Louise doing for X Finals, Holly doing for X Finals, and hopefully Shannon, um, if she gets an invite in Birmingham. So yeah, very, very busy end of the year for the team. Um, but they're doing so well. I could not be prouder of the guys. Um, and I know there's so many more trophies to kind of come our way as well. So if any of you that are listening are thinking, right, okay, I've listened to her, you know, competing in 2024 speech. I need a coach or opposing coach. Drop me a message. Um, I have still got spaces on the team um, for, intake in 20, uh, for intake to compete in 2024 or even 2025 as well. I've been taking quite a few clients recently for 2025 preps. So um, if you're looking at either of those years, obviously jump on board now. Obviously 2023 is a little bit late because uh, you'd have already had to start prep. But yeah, anything that I can ever help with though, as you guys know, drop me a message. I really hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Um, if you have, please give it a five-star review. Please follow it on whatever platforms you're listening on um and please let me know as well via instagram of who you guys want to see as guests on here because i always really really appreciate your messages and when you suggest guests um and i've had a few guests suggested to me in the past i will always do my best to bring them on here um drop them a message and and see if they want to come on it and most of the time they do so yeah let me know who you want to see on and uh, we will have them on. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Truly means the world to me. Please, like I said, like it, give it a five-star review, give it a follow and share it on your stories on Instagram. Tag me in it if you do. Um, And thank you so much. I'll see you again soon.